We apologize for the inconvenience. Oh, my name is Bird Running Water. Um, so you're an OU graduate. I am. So you're from Oklahoma? Yeah, I went to high school in Clinton. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I assume you're from Oklahoma if you're getting an icon. <laughs> the icon so. yeah. And my mother's tribe is from here, oh. western Oklahoma. And your mother's tribe is? Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Yeah. And you are the director of Native American and Indigenous Programs for the Sundance Institute. How did you come into that role? I always say wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> wrong place, <laughs> Why wrong would you put it that way? <laughs> I've never heard of that actually working out. No, actually, I mean, I never had any idea or plan to work in film. And... Um, Wait, really? No. Like, not an ambition? Never. Not one of those stories is ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to... No. Wow. No. Surprisingly. Oh. Um, one of the first jobs I got out of grad school, I ended up working at in New York City at the Ford Foundation, which um, was one of the largest kind of public foundations at the time. And um, I was doing global grant making and media arts and culture, um, and Sundance invited my bosses to come to their film festival, but none of them could go, so they kind of threw the invitation at me and said, Really? You need to go to Sundance. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Uh, back, that was back in 1998. 98, okay. um, and that was actually the year that Smoke Signals premiered. I don't yes. know if you guys yeah. know Smoke yeah, Signals. And I happened to be at Sundance Film Festival when Smoke Signals premiered. Now, whose movie was that? That was Chris Eyre, okay. who was also Cheyenne and Arapaho. Okay. And, um, and it was just all kind of like, you know, serendipity, wrong place, wrong time, however you want to say it. But, um, you know, it was just this moment where I kind of like, wow. I realized, I learned at that point that Sundance had, through Mr. Redford, Robert Redford, mm-hmm. you know, this commitment to supporting Native filmmakers. Um, you know, and I was doing global grant-making work, and I had a lot of resources to dedicate towards supporting, you know, arts and film. And I realized that, you know, the Sundance Native program was kind of like a really interesting place to maybe go and build, help build a community. And so I ended up there about three years later. Wow, very cool. Yes. So it wasn't anything that you were really aware of before Sundance when no. you got introduced to it. You're like, no, you know, and it's like, also that film that kind of really kind of took that kind of created a higher profile for you know the work that the institute had been doing mm-hmm. and trying to identify filmmakers and get behind them and support them through our labs and you know grant programs and fellowships and everything. Mm. And um, and Smoke Signals was the first feature film to be written, produced, and directed by Native Americans. Is it really? Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I know, isn't it? This is year-round work that you guys do. This is yeah. It's not just something that is set up one time at Sundance during the film festival to introduce people. This is something that you guys work on all the time. Yeah, yeah. Right now, up in Utah, um, our director's lab is going on, um, which is where this you know we select probably let me think probably about between six and eight filmmakers from around the world who come and we kind of give them resources and, and support to kind of shoot test scenes from their scripts. And so, you know, not many filmmakers get that opportunity, but Sundance does it in this really interesting, you know, safe, productive. It almost space. kind of seems like a place to kind of come and incubate those ideas. Basically. Like you can come and kind of test it out, yeah. see if it is a viable idea, basically. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the selection is rigorous. We look through about probably 3,000 scripts wow. to wow. pick to get down to, you know, the eight that we choose. And, oh, um, you choose eight out of 3,000? 
Because that is a rigorous so, process. <laughs> so they <laughs> have volunteers, I assume. Yeah, uh, we have a very um, rigorous process of staffers and teams of readers and people who've read for us for a number of years. Um, who really kind of like look? We're, I mean, Sundance we're really known for our curatorial, you know, work—the work, the work mm-hmm. that we do not only on the festival side, but also kind of with the labs. And so, we're really highly attuned to kind of identifying, you know, authentic, original, distinct voices—people who are really trying to, you know, say something kind of different and unique on film. And now, these individuals in this lab—do they do they then get to go out and make a film yeah. and then have it premiered? At Sundance? Well, you're not guaranteed a premiere. Okay. Um, we have been known to turn down projects. Uh, but, when I mean, I think if you are able to kind of make it through the curatorial process at, into a lab with, mm-hmm. your, with your script and project, it kind of puts you on a particular radar within the indie film community or maybe with, you know, financiers, producers, and other people who might be willing to take a bit more of a risk on your film. So it's still at least a foot in the door either So it's way. an opportunity yeah. to be a launching pad, but it's not a guarantee. Yes, yes. And so then after you make your film, then you still have to submit along with everybody else to our film festival, which last year we got 12,000 submissions and we picked 200 films. Wow. That is incredible. Because yeah. Miranda Dead Center is dealing with about a thousand, and they <laughs> whittle that down to about a hundred. So yeah, it's about a one in ten chance. We're talking. It's a huge. A, you said twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. That's actually more like. I think the number was eight thousand short films, mm-hmm. and then so four thousand features. It's kind of interesting to think there's that many people out there making short films and mm-hmm. just entering into that alone. And then we, I think last year, if I remember correctly, I think we only selected 65 short films. Wow. So I, I want to know a little bit more about the background of some of the directors that are participating in these labs. You're yeah. the director of Native American and Indigenous programs. Yeah. So what is, what is the variety that exists yeah. amongst those directors? Well... You know, so so Sundance, we're we're a nonprofit organization, and we have kind of what I say six major programs of the institute. And one is the feature film program, which is the one who runs the director's lab. They have screenwriters lab. We operate screenwriters lab around the world as well. Uh, we also have a documentary film program, which has labs and workshops around the world, and a grant fund as well. So if anyone wants, has a doc they're working on, wants okay. to apply for a grant, they can go to Sundance. Um, the Native program is one that I run. There's a film music program, which runs labs. Uh, we have a theater program that's based out of New York. Um, and then we also have the film festival. So it's those six major programs that we all kind of serve as the core of the Institute. And we all kind of, we all complement one another's work. My program is really one of the only ones mm-hmm. that scouts globally for indigenous filmmakers. So I've supported filmmakers in Australia, Aboriginal filmmakers working in Australia, Mm. Maori filmmakers in New Zealand. Um, We just showed a Greenlandic Inuit short film at our festival this year. Greenlandic Um, Inuit short film. Inuit, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then also we just showed a Swedish Sami film, who are the indigenous people up in the Arctic Circle of of Sweden, Norway, Finland, kind of that area. And um, and so like all the work that I do kind of feeds into a number of, feeds into the labs process, feeds into the festival, and then I run some of my own labs and workshops uh, and fellowships through my program, too, which support specifically Native American filmmakers. Well, you said one of the programs, uh, you, you mentioned theater mm-hmm. in New York, so do you have 
kind of Native American or indigenous no. like theater going on in New York? Any, anything along those lines on Broadway? That's kind of one of the, um, I feel like one of the more nascent forms that's not happening as much, unfortunately, not, not as much as it happens kind of, you know, in Canada. There's a mm-hmm. really vibrant and healthy um, Aboriginal, you know, theater community and network in Canada, but they have this amazing thing called public support for the arts. Right, they do. So, (laughs) um, because we don't have that in America, we, I think our community suffers a bit more and also kind of is a bit more reliant on, you know, organizations like the Public Theater in New York, which actually has a native a native theater program there, which is really trying to develop some work. There's also a program in LA at the Autry Center called the Native Voices Program, which is kind of, you know, nurturing Mm -hmm. uh, theater artists as well. And then I've I've been able to identify a couple folks to bring them through the Sundance Theater Lab. Um, We operate a number of different labs. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Joy Harjo. But she's a mm-hmm. very well-known Muscogee Creek poet um, who's working on one of her, her actually her second um, one-woman theater show. So oh, we, wow. we've kind of started getting behind that. Well, that's cool to extend it into theater. Yes, yeah. absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's a bit more hard to find though. Yeah. I find you know just because it's 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 the nature of our country. You know, yeah, it is. Broadway is more of kind of for profit. <laughs> 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 I'm curious about. Back to the sort of indigenous films, are they usually documentary style or are they narrative? I mean, do you get a good mix and match? Or are they yeah. always, are they typically like short documentaries or? They kind of, they vary. Um, you know, I really feel like if, if we were to look at fiction features, um, you know, I really feel like Australia is really kind of leading the way in terms of making really great, outstanding fiction films. Um, you know, I helped set up a lab there for Aboriginal filmmakers probably 10 years ago. And there was kind of like a generation of, of really interesting um, Aboriginal filmmakers who had come up through this whole network. Again, Australia has a great public support mm-hmm. for the arts system right. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be a common thread yeah. here. Um, but, you know, and there's, I don't know if this was one film um, that won the Cannes uh, Camera Dior Prize probably four or five years ago by Warwick Thornton called Samson and Delilah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can f- find it, you know, digitally online if you can check it out. But that's, it was one of kind of one of those landmark films, which was really a huge occasion for a film to win like that big of a prize on the global stage right. of film, you know. Um, and that one came out of a lab that I set up in Australia. But there's also really great documentary work happening too. Um, you know, the, 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 Native American film community has strong roots in documentary, mostly because of the PBS system, which sure. is where most of the funding was, you know, 40 years ago. And so right. a lot of our earlier filmmakers came out as documentary makers and I think eventually had hoped to move into fiction. Um, but I don't know that many of them actually did. And then there's a whole other generation. Sundance supported that generation by providing a showcase, showing those films at our festival. And then there was a next generation coming through, which was kind of like Chris Eyre, Smoke Signals, Sherman Alexi, who was the writer on Smoke Signals, made mm-hmm. um, a feature as well. And, and then what the work that I've done at Sundance has really, I think, more focused on kind of like the third generation, who are people like Sterling Harjo, you know, okay. some of the yep. younger filmmakers from Oklahoma. Whenever I started at Sundance, when the first place I started looking for filmmakers was here in Oklahoma, and I found Sterling. Oh, you found uh, Sterling? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, you know, he had this really great feature 
that I thought was promising that turned into four sheets to, to the wind. Yeah. And we put him through our screenwriters' labs and our directors' labs. And, um, and then I actually put him... I had been looking for producers as well. And I don't know if you guys know Chad Burris, who's from Tulsa, mm-hmm. but he's produced all of Sterling's films. Okay. And um, he was aspiring at that point to produce, and I threw the two of them together, and I said, you guys <laughs> need to go make a short film. Um, yeah. So I'm a big advocate of shorts. So there's yeah. a lot of shorts happening, yeah. a lot of 10-minute films, a lot of 15-minute films. Um, and that's a really great place to kind of discover New talent. It is. Well, that that's one of the things that we've been making sure to do is we've been going and watching all of the shorts here instead of going and finding the features. There's so much in going and watching, you know, a, a group of shorts that you can learn so much, especially if you are interested in filmmaking or if you are interested yeah. in, in shorts. It's an amazing, amazing medium to work in and definitely something where you can take just one idea and make it pretty powerful in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an and awesome thing of, to nurture for. And a lot of people, I think, in order in order to get your feature made, you know, you really do have to have some type of sample sure. to say that you can actually like a, pull it together. Well, like a portfolio, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're right. gonna make it with like television, you have to make a pilot of your series before yeah. the studio is going to pick it up and turn it into a full fledged product. You kind of yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be a short film that's going to eventually turn into a feature, but an example of what you can do as a writer and director, I imagine, is. Yeah, and it's also kind of, you know, I think the ability to tell a a really powerful story. One of the first filmmakers I started Mm -hmm. working with in New Zealand um, at a very young age, or he was a young age, um, was this director named Taika Waititi. And he's made a number of features. Most recently he made um, What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Mm -hmm. It's a vampire mockumentary that's been out and about. I have heard about that. A vampire mockumentary. Yeah. He made that with Jermaine Clement, who's one of his best buddies. Really, from yeah. Flight of the Concords. Yeah. yeah, and they're both they're both Maori indigenous from New Zealand. But Taika made previous to that, he's made two other features. One was called Boy, and what the one previous to that was called Eagle versus Shark. That's another um, Jermaine Clement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're great collaborators. But Taika made a short film going on back in 2003 now. Um, Just beautiful little black and white film that he was a small story that he wanted to tell and he made it and got it made and it premiered at Sundance and went to win like all the top awards around the world at every film festival and then it got nominated for an Oscar. Wow. And so the leverage that he has in terms of being just an Oscar-nominated director of a short film is pretty impressive in terms of how it can help get your films made. Absolutely. (laughs) Gives us some clout. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because it's also, it's a a great short. You know, it's one of those films that's so... Good for him. That's awesome. So touching and funny and, you know, um, really move. I've I've, I've seen it make German audiences laugh and I've seen it wow. make <laughs> Apache audiences laugh. And if you can make Germans and Apaches laugh, you're doing you're something doing right. You're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> you're finding some kind of common ground. Yes. <laughs> um, so you had worked with, you found Starlin Harjo and, and got him working with Chad Burris. Is yeah. Starlin Harjo's Mecco is playing... Yeah, here right. at Dead Center. Is this his first feature? No, Miko. This is it's his... It's Miko. Yes, Miko. That's okay. um, a Creek Seminole Muskogee word. That means like chief, I think. Um, but no, this this is his. Let's see. He did 
Four Sheets to the Wind, which came through our director's lab. And then his second feature was, um, well, his first short was Goodnight Irene. And then he did Four Sheets to the Wind. And then he did Barking Water, uh, which was his second feature. And then last year, um, he had... God, him and Taika were at the film at the festival. And they both have the longest titles in the world. One is <laughs> "What We Do in the Shadows," and Sterling's documentary was "This May Be the Last Time." Mm. So that one was out on the festival circuit, premiered at Sundance last year, and has been out. Okay, um, and so this is his third, fourth wow. feature, third fiction feature um, that he shot and made up in Tulsa, um, and it just premiered at the LA Film Festival. So he's out in LA right now. That's right. Yeah. I imagine it's pretty sort of rewarding for you to see people you've worked with or have been in your through your program or your director's labs and things like that to continue to go on yeah. and have successes like that. I mean, it's one thing to come in and like produce a short through you guys and, and maybe they have it submitted or not, but then to keep going and become recognized and to make it into other film festivals and to, you know, now you're yeah. on three or four features. I mean, that's got to be... Yeah. I can only imagine what the... It's it, it is it's it's really I mean different everyone every, every filmmaker kind of has their own path you know um, like ta- just the, you know Taika working you know all the films that he's made are in New Zealand and then Sterling all the films he's made are in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and then you know I've worked with with a number of other filmmakers you know to help them the last film that um, that traveled the most last year that I supported was a Navajo feature called Drunk Town. Um, Drunk Town's Finest, and uh, that filmmaker, she's Navajo, and, you know, so she's kind of now signed with an agent and is now packaging her second feature, oh. you know, that she hopes to get up and running sometime soon, and so that's kind of one of the more elusive parts of things, I feel like, is, is kind of the whole industry side of things right, coming yes. out of the indie world, you know, <clears throat> if you, if, if, if the system is able to kind of acknowledge that you might have commercial potential, that's Those kind of interesting. Are two completely different worlds: the indie yeah. world and then moving into the commercial world. Yeah, yeah. It's, Is that it's a, a very different world? <laughs> that's got to be a big, a big leap to take mm-hmm. because you're kind of going from sort of a, I can do whatever I want to a lot more people being interested and in having a little bit of control over your creativity. Mm-hmm. Is that a, maybe a good way to look at it? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you're just there. You're just a gun for hire. Yeah. You know. Does that turn people off sometimes that you've seen when they make that? Well, that leap? I don't know. I mean, like someone like Steven Soderbergh, you know, he came up through Sundance, mm-hmm. you know, and Paul Thomas Anderson did well as well. He's I'm a big a PT fan. Of Paul fan. Thomas Anderson. <laughs> yeah, you know, started with his first short film, I think. So I think there's people who've been really able to kind of navigate, you mm-hmm. know, Darren Aronofsky is another one, yeah. you know, um, to really, who's really, who've really been able to navigate and really kind of stay true to their voice and still be commercial. I think that's a great. A great challenge, and some people can pull it off. Well, those guys have done it, yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah. Now you you won an award at the Hawaiian Film Festival, is that right? In oh yeah. Um, what's it called? Hawaiian International Hawaiian Hawaii International yeah. Film Festival. Yeah, they gave um, me an award for something. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a like a pretty trophy sitting on your man. No, you know what? They actually they. But this had this big event. They gave presented me with an award. They and they had me give a speech and thank you. And there's this beautiful former like the one of the former queen the queen's palaces when the former Hawaiian queen's palaces yeah. in Honolulu is beautiful setting. And they presented me with this award and then someone came over to me and said, 
we have to get the award actually engraved. We'll send it to you. Oh. I haven't gotten it probably like, what, five years later now? <laughs> <laughs> so you still don't actually so, have No, and I'm trying to remember. That's why I can't remember what the award is you don't called. Whatever it's just sitting on like somebody's uh, desk under a pile of paper somewhere. <laughs> probably. completely forgotten about it. Or maybe it doesn't even exist. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just bought one and they tell that to everybody. Yeah. You have to go get this engraved. You yeah. can't think of <laughs> but no, I mean they they you know they have a really strong um, commitment to kind of film filmmakers from the Pacific Rim as as they call it, and because okay. of all the investment and work that I've been able to do, and you know throughout Polynesia specifically, mm-hmm. with, you know Maori filmmakers and Samoan filmmakers and Native Hawaiian filmmakers, like they wanted to acknowledge my program, you know, and Sundance, and so yeah, so that was that was quite an honor. That is an honor. Yeah. Oh, so you really have been. Kind of involved all around the world. And I have. Are you traveling all over the world for these labs? I am. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. This is, <laughs> when, I think of, when I think of Sundance and, and the other film festivals, I don't think of these programs existing inside of those. I just think of the festival itself. I don't yeah. really... It just dawned on me this year that there are actual year-round programs that go mm-hmm. on that in- encourage and support filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, even Dead Center fest- itself does. Yeah. yeah, the festival is kind of like really kind of the, a culmination of a years long of work, you know, of investment of work. Ideally, films we've supported throughout the year getting into the festival. We're bringing filmmakers who we're still supporting, whose projects are in motion, bringing them to the festival and setting them up with meetings and everything. But yeah, all the, I feel like all the, all the important work happens at our labs year-round. Absolutely. Sounds like yeah. it. What's your history slash experience with Dead Center? Like, have you been coming to Dead Center for This is my long? first time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, me too. It's my first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious with your experience in these other festivals and programs, like, what, what is your opinion of, like, when you walked yeah. in here, does this feel like a... I didn't know what I was walking into because I overslept the other morning, almost missed my flight, but I caught it because it was delayed. Um, <laughs> and so I was a bit, you know, kind of not fully aware. And then I walked up into that rooftop party and I was like, wait yeah. a minute, where am I? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, you never know what to That's expect. That's awesome. You know, right. festivals are all different sizes. You know, I was on a jury last year for a film festival in the Philippines in Manila, um, which was held, you know, at this really great cult- Filipino cultural center that, um, that you know, is all in just one space, which is really interesting. Um, you know, and I've been on, like, film festival juries for the Berlin Film Festival um, and helped, you know, pick their winners of their competition sections as well. And so, I mean, they all have their own charm and they mm-hmm. all have their... I mean, I think the important thing is, like, they all recognize the importance of serving audiences, right. you know. And I feel like looking at the programming and, and you know, and, and I've, I've, Dead Center's been on my radar for a few years um, since I first met Lance. And so, you know, I've always kind of kept an eye on, you know, the mm-hmm. work that they're programming. And have the you got anything here yet or watched anything here yet? I have not. I'm going to go see Miko tomorrow night. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen 10 different cuts yeah. of it, but I haven't seen the final version. Nice. Yeah. And is it premiering? Is... It's is what premiered premiere? in LA just last oh, like night, in LA, that's right. and then it's it's showing here tomorrow. Okay, yeah. Well, we will definitely have to catch Miko. Yeah. Are those are those labs in in Park City? Mm. That you're talking or no? They're up. They're kind of you know. Um, Robert Redford bought um, some land that's kind of like the Sundance Nature Preserve, which is where the Sundance Resort is. And okay. so it's it's like a ski resort, year-round resort. But that's where we that's where our labs have always been for about the past thirty years. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. Yeah, I love going up there. I've never been to 
Sundance, but Park City's an awesome place. Yeah. yeah, Park City's great. It's a, I've never been outside of the festival, really, even mm. though we have a Park City office, but I don't make it up there that often. So do you live in Utah? Or? No, I live in L.A. Oh, you live in L.A.? We have okay. a Los Angeles office, okay. yeah. Wow. Very exciting. Well, thank you very much for joining yeah, us, and congratulations you. on being uh, an Oklahoma icon. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's an honor like to be here. You deserve it. Yeah, you do. Thank you. You get the whiskey, I'll get the wine now, baby. When I'm stuck, you're